It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Well, hello, listeners. It is so good to be with you. A few weeks ago, I was in the big city of Dallas. It was the National Religious Broadcasting Convention. I met a couple, Michelle and Jerry, that have an incredible ministry. They're based out of California, but I'm going to visit with them for a few minutes today, and you're going to hear an incredible story of what they're doing to help people all over the world. Hello, Jerry. Hello, Michelle. How are you? All right. Good to be with you. Hello to your audience. We'd love to be a part of what you're doing. How's things in uh, California? The weather is gorgeous. Couldn't be better. And Michelle, you have a story I want you to share with the listeners that has really caused you to have a worldwide ministry. So, Michelle, what's your story? Well, uh, you know, it starts with um, being raised in a Jewish family that really rejected God in a big way. Uh, I had a very strong Jewish identity, uh, but a, a secular Jewish identity that was really bound up in my mother's experience in the Holocaust. She escaped the Holocaust, and uh, that really became kind of a touchstone for my Jewish identity in that everything that I thought was involved in being a Jew had to do with being persecuted, uh, enmity with Gentile people in general, kind of a um, you know an inability to really imagine that there was such a thing as a Gentile who loved the Jews. Um, I was completely biblically ignorant. I knew nothing about God. But yet, uh, God found a way to draw me to himself, and it really had very much to do with a lot of the mistakes that I made along the way, because my life was full of um, just kind of making things up as I went along, making up my morality as I went along, making up my purpose, the sense of why I'm here, where I came from, and where I was headed. I was really just sort of fashioning it for myself out of you know, sticks and paper clips and band-aids, whatever I could pull together to uh, pull together some meaning into my life. And uh, then I met this fella. I'm sitting next to him now. We've been married almost 40 years. Um, but at the time that I met him, we um, became sexually active, uh, which was very much a part of the culture at the time that we met and uh, very much a, a product of feminist upbringing as well, that I should explore my sexual freedom and so on. Um, and we got pregnant. And without even batting an eye or giving it a second thought, because I had been raised to believe that a woman has a right to choose, and what those words, you know, that mantra that was running through the culture at that time, what that meant to me was that it must be a good thing. If I have a right to choose it, it must be that an abortion is something that's good. So we went for it. We didn't know any better. We were stupid. We were young. We were thoughtless. Certainly, we're not thinking about consequences. Uh, and that experience ended up shattering and shaking my world to such a degree uh, that I began to really question and actually became really very angry with the whole feminist ideology that I, I clearly had been sold a bill of goods because it became very clear immediately upon having the abortion that I had taken a, a life and that I had done damage, that whatever this 
uh, right to choose was that it was something that had a lot of collateral damage. Wow. So that, that's the beginning of the story right there. Listeners, I'm talking with uh, Michelle and Jerry Shelfer uh, from California. And uh, what a testimony, Michelle. You got angry with the feminists. Why were you angry at them? Well, because for since teenage, since, you know, being in high school, that, you know, particularly in Berkeley, California, which is where I spent my teenage years, I was sold a bill of goods, a set of ideas that really revolved around encouraging young people to be sexually active and to live in one's sexual life as though there were no consequences to that, no consequences in broken relationships, in inability to bond with partners, in building stable relationships, but also the greatest casualty was the children that were being encouraged to be aborted. First of all, they were just passing out contraceptives like they were candy and then just coming into the high schools and the sex ed classes and making sure that all those kids knew that if they needed an abortion they could just run down to such and such address and no questions asked no uh, consulting with parents nothing like that you just come and get your abortion right here and this was being sold as a lifestyle I, I believe now that it was a you know a quite deliberate anti-god a movement that we're seeing even in greater blossom and full bloom right now in our culture amongst young people. It's no different now, but it was just really starting back then. And uh, I saw through it all of a sudden that the, the scales were removed from my eyes. But can I tell you just a little story of something that happened to me as I was even just leaving the abortion clinic and walking to my car? Yes, please do. You know, God is so good. This little lost puppy that I was so confused so isolated from any moral moorings, so completely confused about decisions in her life. You know, there I was, very young. And as I walked to my car, I was really uh, emotionally shattered. And the experience that I had in the clinic uh, was very, very brutal. It was negative. It was dehumanizing would be the word for it. So I was walking to my car through my tears. I could see that there was some tiny little object on the ground right outside the door of my car on the ground, something colorful, something that caught my eye. And I reached down to pick it up and looked at it. And it was a little metal lapel pin that looked like it had been run over a thousand times in that parking lot. And it pictured a mother bird with her wings over her baby chick. And it said the words, he careth for you. And at that moment, I truly understood that God was reaching down with his mighty arm out of heaven to give me an assurance that he cared for me in my darkest moment. And I never forgot it. I took it very personally. And uh, it was it was really life changing because that was the first encounter I ever really had with God. Wow. From there, you know, life happened after that. I ended up marrying this man. And we had another almost abortion because we got pregnant almost immediately again. And that almost abortion is another miracle story where God just intervened. There were people praying outside that second clinic. And and I got my money back, actually walked in and sat in the waiting room and then went and got my money back. And, and uh, Jerry rushed in and said, you didn't do it, did you? Come on, let's get out of here. We took our money and he proposed to me in the abortion clinic parking lot. And the rest was 
history. We built a family, and uh, it was many years before we began to feel that this abortion was really um, something that was not going away. It was really sticking with us. And if you have listeners who are listening right now who have had abortions and tried to put it away and put it into a category in their lives as though it's ancient history, I think that they they understand me when I say that you can't put it away. It really doesn't go away. It becomes a part of your life story. And the more you try and push it down, the more it finds interesting and unusual ways of uh, popping up in your life as it did for us. And I would say the Christians are sitting in the pews, and they're not being ministered to by pastors because it's sort of an icky subject, and it's very private. And um, they are holding on to that that sin of abortion and unable to lay it aside at at the cross, which is our message. Our ministry is to offer that message to those who are hurting, that they can have complete and total healing and joy in the Lord that can be had from allowing the Lord to take this sin also and take it away, just leave it at the cross and and go forward with joy uh, of the Lord. Right. We wrote a book for that purpose for people who, are, who, who have such a need, who haven't really processed their abortion experience, called Prepare a Room, a Path to Peace and Healing for Those Hurt by Abortion. And that's why we call our ministry Prepare a Room ministry. So before you could start your ministry, there had to be some closure in your life. You had to just really deal with your choice that you made. Uh, was it a come to Jesus moment or where was the transformation or where you just really raised up your hands and said, God, I need help? It was. It occurred uh, shortly after I came to know Jesus. Uh, Jared prayed for me for 22 years of marriage before I um, became filled with the Holy Spirit and gave my life to Christ. And that was a very difficult journey for a Jew to come to understand how Jewish uh, the gospel is and how Jewish Jesus is. But when I finally understood it, it, I I just embraced it wholeheartedly and began my Christian walk. And I discovered that there was this thorn. I couldn't accept the forgiveness for the abortion. I was willing to understand the, you know, the, the beautiful exchange of his righteousness for mine and him taking my sin away. But I really couldn't accept that he would really forgive me for the abortion. That just seemed like too horrible a sin for him to forgive. And I was stuck because I could see that it was going to hinder my Christian walk. And I wanted to grow in Christ. I wanted to grow. And so I began to pray and dedicate myself to a period of intense um I don't know what to call it, just commitment to making some progress in this area. I didn't know how it was going to happen. And you know, it's interesting. The Lord used our little child that we aborted to draw me to that acceptance of forgiveness. Uh, He used that child by—it was, in a sense, not literally, but as though I were having a conversation with this child. You know, how could I possibly be forgiven after what I've done to you? my child, which I have to say that for the man and woman who's suffering from the hurt of abortion, that's very much a part of it. It's not just guilt for having transgressed God's laws, but a specific and personal guilt towards a child. So this child, it was as though, you know, her response to me was, well, how in the world can I help but forgive you? I'm living in the land of forgiveness. I live in the lap of Jesus. So of course I forgive you. 
because Jesus forgives you and I'm with him. And when that message became clear to me, I was able to receive the forgiveness and that guilt burden, that shame burden was lifted off my shoulders. And that led directly into why we're making these foundlings images, because I'm hoping that they, these children's faces will act as ambassadors of God's grace and forgiveness the way that my own child did for me. She drew me to Jesus. She, her little life was not wasted. It was sacrificial. It was used by God to bring her mom to Jesus, to a total forgiveness. And that's why we're drawing these children. So we draw a child every, every day. We call them the foundlings. And today is, let's see, what's the number today? 438. So we have 438 foundlings as of today. And Tell them about the quilt. Can, can we tell your audience about the Foundlings Abortion Memorial Quilt? Yes, I, I want you to. Listeners, I'm talking with uh, Michelle and Jerry Shelfer. They're in Northern California. Incredible story Michelle has just shared. And I did go to the website before we visited, and I see the, the pictures of the foundlings, as you call them, and what a moving quilt this is. So, yes, please uh, share uh, about the pictures and about the quilt and also how people out there that may want to be a part of it or they went through an abortion and they would like to get their little child on that quilt. Let's see. Where should we begin? Um, it was Jerry's idea. We had all these foundlings that were coming out on a daily basis, and Jerry just had the vision one day that, this should be made into an abortion memorial quilt. And really, it has to do with, if you think about, if your listeners would think about how they would honor a, a, a past loved one, like if they lost their mom, and you go to a memorial service, there's a photograph of your mom, right? There's, there's a photograph of the loved one. There's a way to look at their face. But with these 2.654 billion victims of abortion, these children that have been lost over the last 40 years worldwide, the only one who can see their face is God. We don't know what they look like. We don't have access to them. So one day I was like, well, I'm an artist. I can draw. Why don't I draw a child each day? And just I draw them as I imagine they might appear if they had lived. And so some of them are newborn babies and some of them are toddlers and some of them are sucking their thumb and some of them are surly teenagers and, you know, won't cut their hair or, you know, whatever. Every kind of child that comes to mind, I just imagine how these aborted children might look if they had lived. And this is our way of honoring and giving a face to the faceless. And it's very important that your listeners understand that this is not done to, to you know, bring about guilt in the person who's looking at it. It's, it's really in the hope that they will act as ambassadors of God's grace and forgiveness because of the way that my own child did for me, like I told you. Kind of a, a recap, you go through an abortion over 40 years ago, and through eventually the healing and process, God gave you this vision to create this uh, enormous quilt with giving faces to the faceless babies that have died through abortion. And this is not only giving a face to the faceless, but it's part of the healing process, isn't it, Michelle? Yes, that really is our intention, is that it's not just a memorial, as you said, and you said it very well. It's, it's, it's ministry. It, ministry. It's intended to minister to those who are hurting. It is intended to communicate the love that we, as those 
people who really blew it in the past in terms of loving as a mother or loving as a father, loving on this child. We we really um, fell short. But this message that we have, and it's really at the heart of our book as well, is a message of finding a new way to love these children now, starting today. And that's what the quilt does. It invites a new way of loving our children where we once fell short. And that is absolutely crucial in our, in our view to the healing process. Michelle, I just can't help but uh, also bring up something that there could be somebody listening right now that is considering an abortion. You, Michelle, can speak to that person before they make a decision that they will one day most likely regret. What would you tell that person? Well, interestingly enough, one of the segments of the population that I heard from after I wrote the book was not just people who have had abortions, but people who years later confessed to me privately that they had even just considered aborting their existing child. So I would say to that person who might be considering an abortion that these decisions that you are in the midst of making have lifelong consequences. These are not things which will just, you'll be able to walk away from it. You're told that you can just walk away and get on with your life. I'm here to tell you that that is a lie. That is a lie. The truth is that when you are considering taking a human life, you are going to live with that. Even just thinking about it is something that you're going to live with for the rest of your life. So think about who you are and what kind of person you want to be. And think about the possibility that the problems that you may be facing if you are pregnant now, those are problems that you can handle with help. There are organizations out there, there are pregnancy resource centers in your area who are waiting to be a help to you. I know that you're possibly looking at great financial hardship or an interruption in whatever your plans were for your life. But let me assure you that whatever hardships you are facing, you will only make them worse with the abortion. You will not make them better. So you'll still have your hardship, but you'll have an additional hardship on top of it. You'll have a pile of hardships. And therefore, I encourage you to consider that you might be willing to change your outlook. Amen. And make a place in your life for this child, even if you choose to put the child up for adoption, make a place in your life for the child. I just ask that the Holy Spirit would fill you right now with a sense of willingness, with a willingness to do what's right for yourself and for your child. Wow. Uh, Michelle, one thing that I can tell by listening, because this is so personal to you, because you went through it, but you can you can hear your compassion and your love through your voice. So if somebody listening right now, they want to send you a note, they just need to talk to you. Is there an email address or something on their website that they could reach out to you and maybe just uh, tell you what's on their mind? Absolutely. I'd love to hear from your listeners. There's a a form on the website, but you can also just contact me directly, Michelle at preparearoom.com. That's with two L's, Michelle with two L's at preparearoom.com. I'd love to hear from your listeners. 
Wow. And um, wow. So, so many things going through my mind. And I just want to say something, uh, Michelle and Jerry, I know a lot of listeners are probably thinking this. Thank God that you heard his voice and you heard his direction in creating a ministry in this quilt and, and all the things that you're doing because you were part of the healing process and, and hopefully part of the process of stopping somebody from making a wrong choice in uh, terminating the life of, a, of an unborn child. So thank you so much for what you're doing. And, and Michelle, before we go, I just would love for you right now to pray. I'd be happy to pray. Lord, uh, I can't see who's on the other end of this podcast. I don't know who's going to hear it live or even just down the road listening maybe months or years from now. But, Lord, I know that you have the ability to uh, break through time and every other barrier to bring this message of hope to the listeners of this program. I want to ask you, Father God, if there are people listening who are really carrying that burden of guilt and shame, from an abortion experience and maybe multiple abortions, which is also not uncommon. Oh God, I ask that you would tell them in their hearts through your Holy Spirit that there is freedom in their future, that they have a reason to be hopeful, that they can have a life in which the burden is lifted right off their shoulders, that they can have a life of reconciliation and peace, peace and healing, that, Lord, you want that for them. Lord God, that you have a beautiful story for them. This story of theirs is not the end of the story. That the end is a beautiful end. It's an end that has to do with peace and freedom and healing and restoration to wholeness. That they don't have to hold on to the pain and the guilt, and they don't have to live in shame. They don't have to hide. They can tell their loved ones this terrible secret and be accepted and loved. They can be forgiven by Jesus and by their own child, even. And this is the message, Lord, that I ask that you would give to these men and women. We're talking to men, too, you know. Amen. Amen. Um, Wow. Well, Jerry, uh, didn't talk to you too much, but... Boy, you've got a <laughs> a dynamic uh, wife there on a mission to encourage, empower people that have went through uh, some tough things. And you guys, what a dynamic duel and what you're doing for uh, the Lord. I, I just want to thank you again for your time and visiting. And we're just going to pray and believe God is going to do some mighty things. And who knows, maybe we'll get that tour one day down in our area. You're from Alabama. So, you know, maybe we can get you to do a homecoming tour and do something here in Mississippi, uh, where I'm based out of. Uh, but again, listeners, the website is prepare a room, prepare a room.com. Go check it out. God bless you both. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. You know, I wanted to add one thing, if I may, um, the, uh, men, strangely enough, when we, we first, um, uh, published the book that one of the first responses that we got were from men. And one of the issues is that men's identities are, are bound up in protecting and providing. And when they have uh, allow for an abortion, um, their identity is, um, is messed with. And 
personally, it came out in me and and um, and just thoughts of of, uh, of this child. And I think that uh, that this healing is offered to men and women. So I just wanted to to, to let your listeners know that that um, there is healing. You know, that's and, a very and, good point, Jerry, because we do think. Uh, of the women so much of going through things, but you're exactly right. Uh, you can't forget, uh, the man, uh, itself. And so how are you doing to this day, Jerry? Well, you know, um, it took a long time, but, uh, I'm, I came to the realization that, um, that the cross, uh, was for all sins. And that, I think that's a key that, um, that even Christians need to be ministered to those who are not Christians, the, the work of the cross is for them, but those who are sitting in the pews and holding on to the uh, the hurt, uh, they need the message to go forth that they can have total peace and joy yes. um, and freedom. Well, I'll tell you what, God is using you two wonderful people in a mighty way. I'm just honored and privileged that I was able to share uh, your story through this broadcast. And I will be in touch with you for follow-ups. And who knows, if one day you're heading in the southern part of the United States, let's get something and uh, we'll put that quilt on display, okay? Great. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Listeners, that was Jerry and Michelle Shelfer of Northern California. Their ministry website is preparearoom.com. Check it out. Send Michelle or Jerry a note and tell them how much you appreciate them or maybe even consider partnering with them to get that quilt and that story out to more and more people across the world. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Today's program reminded me about the day that I lost over 100 pounds at the foot of the cross. That's right, 100 pounds of guilt and shame from poor choices and decisions that I made. But at the foot of the cross, God reached down, took all my poor choices, threw them into the sea of forgetfulness, erasing guilt, erasing shame in my life, and putting me on the path to discover my destiny. Friends, it's available to every single person in this world forgiveness. Erase the shame, the guilt, the past mistakes by going to the foot of the cross and asking Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you and then live for Jesus, follow Jesus, and discover your destiny. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.